airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B is over in Studio CC. And joining us in studio today is Walker Wildman, who is the Vice President of Operations here at American Family Association. I don't know. I think. Maybe if we if you keep talking, we'll get you. One, two. There, there we, we go. are. There, there I am. <laughs> you know, the good thing about these mics is you can hear yourself. Yeah, so you can your tell headphones. when you're not exactly. when you're not in there. That's good. That's yep. good. Um, so I wanna I wanna set up and talk about what's coming up in Dubuque, Iowa. I'm mm-hmm. really excited about it because I just got some numbers from from you as we were walking into the studio, and it makes me feel a little bit giddy because there's a twofold reason. One. It's great to see that what we do matters and that people are willing to come out and dedicate an evening, but also to see that people are engaged and they understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. So having said that, um, let me also say, invite our listeners to connect with us in several different ways. Will the Great, I know we we really stink at announcements, but we're trying to do better. New Year, new new us. Yeah. So you can connect with us at uh, Addison's at AFR. Dot net. Mm-hmm. If you want to uh, email us or send us you know, a message or something that, uh, on your heart, you can uh, email us there. We also have our Facebook page. We have uh, Airing the Addison's Facebook page. Look out for us there, mm-hmm. uh, as well as Twitter at Airing Addison's. And uh, yeah, and yeah. so we have some events coming up that we're going to be a part of. And that's right. So we want to keep we want to. Well, we'll we'll do that maybe in the second segment. We'll okay. Come back from the second segment or should we? Yeah. Second segment. We'll we do can the wait. Segment. OK. So we can get it right. I take look <laughs> at my notes. You can take your notes. You have a little cheat sheet. I also want to say that Sherry B is over in Studio CC. A beautiful wave there. We will open up the phone lines in the last segment and hear from you. Make sure you keep listening. Topic of conversation for today is that we were wrong. <laughs> so this is our public confession. Uh-oh. We were wrong. All of us. We parents who say that there are demonic attempts to steal our children and rob them of their innocence. We would just like to publicly confess we've been wrong about that. And so to make that point, we'll present to you a few stories that confirm that we parents are crazy. Hmm. Sarcasm is so thick. (laughs) It's so thick. You could really slice it with like a hatchet. It's really very thick. Okay, Walker, let's talk about um, living the gospel during difficult times and what the American Family Association is doing you, Abraham Hamilton III, Rob Chambers, Wesley Wildman, you guys are on sort of like a um, brass knuckle tour. We're on a a mission. (laughs) That's good. That's good. Yeah, we're on a mission uh, this entire, pretty much at least half of the year, 2020. Uh, I think we have eight events in eight states uh, between now and, uh, and November 2020. And the goal here, and then I'll talk about this Mm -hmm. specific event, event coming up later this week, but the goal here is really to um, is to get people engaged, and mm. not just engaged in voting, but engaged in the entire culture. Yeah. So that's voting, that's sharing your faith, that's, that's right. living out your faith, uh, no matter what you're doing. So um, the <clears throat> the the name of these events is Living the Gospel During Difficult Times. We'll be in Dubuque, Iowa, later this week on Thursday night, mm-hmm. and. 
We'll be there uh, Thursday night. You have to register to attend. Uh, it's free, but we just need to know you're coming. So you can go to afa.net slash events, and you'll find Dubuque, Iowa listed there, afa.net slash events. Uh, so it'll be myself, as you mentioned, Abraham Hamilton III, Rob Chambers, and my brother, Wes Suwama. And so tell me, what is the focus? Like when you kind of go into an event like this, and, and you guys kind of tested the waters with this. You did it last year, mm-hmm. um, and y- you had a fairly good turnout. But here you are, you kind of, you know, you're set to get on the tour bus here, right? Yeah. The turnout is already spectacular for Dubuque. What yeah. does that say to you? Yeah, well, it says it says that, number one, people are engaged. Yeah. The church is engaged. Now, maybe not as many people as we'd like, uh, but that's why AFR is here, to get yeah. more people engaged. Um, but we do have uh, we do have troops on the ground, if you will, all across the country. Mm. And so we have uh, at least 400 people registered for Dubuque, Iowa, and then, uh, you know, we'll see about the rest. But um, the goal here, and, and we'll talk, it's, it's really uh, multifold, okay. the topics that will be addressed. You know, Abe is going to, uh, Abe, we call him Abe in-house, and you can call him Abe if, if <laughs> those out there when you meet Abe. Um, but Abe's uh, topic is on uh, uh, civic engagement. Okay. Uh, the biblical case for civic engagement. And once again, that's not just voting. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that involves various different areas of that's life. Right. Mm-hmm. And then my topic is going to be on uh, the three keys to rebuilding, or the three steps to rebuilding our country. And I'm going to talk about the military. I'm going to talk about the family, and then I'm going to talk about the economy. Okay. And how those three things uh, tie in together to make for a strong country. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll just, we'll talk about various different things, but the goal here is to get people involved. Yeah, no, in, that's And in what's going on in our country. Give me a little sneak peek into your focus there. So you talk about the military, talk mm-hmm. about the family, and talk about the economy. Of course, you know, it, it, it really rings for us. Um, I hone in on the family immediately. Yeah. I mean, you cannot have a successful society mm-hmm. with a disintegrated family. Mm-hmm. That's right. And that's what we have right now in this country. I mean, there's not even really any value placed on the family as a unit. And that used to be like the epicenter. That was where everything yeah. kind of like grew out from the family. So as you look at that and um, you're married and you're raising your children, mm-hmm. what do you see as the role of the Christian who is, yes, civic engagement, caring about what's happening in politics, what's happening in the culture, but specifically the family, where do we need to go? Yeah, well, uh, there's there's two different areas here. You, you you know, we're talking about right now. We're talking about what the church's role is, or the believer's role is in the family, and the church really has to be the 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 epicenter, if you will, of upholding the the biblical family. Amen. And that's through various means, discipleship, um, and really just providing uh, parents the tools necessary and the encouragement necessary uh, to raise children uh, in Scripture. and But then there's also, so that's the, that's more of the, the, the church side, the body of Christ, what their role is in upholding the family. But then there's the government's part. Mm-hmm. And it can either go one of two ways. The government can either discourage biblical uh, family structure mm-hmm. or they can encourage it. Okay. And traditionally our country has actually... For the most part, I'm gen- speaking generally here, but our country, for the most part, our government has uh, encouraged the family. Yeah. At least encouraged uh, man-woman marriage, mm-hmm. uh, raising of children uh, in, a, in a good, stable environment. But we've shifted now to where the government's actually either neutral or they're, they're, they're playing a more negative role in the family, yeah. in the biblical family. And, and they're, they're, they're supporting and encouraging 
either um, either uh, out of wedlock birth right. through various ways, or they're encouraging an unbiblical marriage, yeah, which is uh, homosexuality. You know, and I like to say for um, over 50 years, you have um, a pretty clear test case to show the failure of looking to the government as almost a surrogate for family. Mm -hmm. You know, we've seen that kind of destruction in the Mm African-American context in this country, and we can make the case unapologetically that a two-parent household provides the best possible outcome for kids growing up without regard to your color, without regard to your ethnicity. And so I'm wondering, you know, and and I think maybe sometimes millennials get a bad rep, you know, like we, we say, man, the millennials... But I think it goes back even further than that, this disregard for the family, the breakdown Mm -hmm. of the family, uh, things like no-fault divorce and and all of those things. Mm -hmm. When you look at our current government structure, if you had to pinpoint one or two things that you think our government could do or should do that would really kind of like undergird the family, Mm -hmm. Walker, what would you say that is? Well, one area that President Trump has actually done very good on was he increased the... uh, the child tax credit. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doubled it actually from 1000 to 2000 per child uh, in the tax bill two years ago. So that's that's more of an economic thing. Yeah. But economics are an important part yeah, of the family. Yeah, that matters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we have that to matters. encourage economics that also encourage uh, parenting. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, having children. Uh, we can't make it. Uh, it's already, look, parenting is already work. Mm-hmm. But the, if the government can make it a little bit easier, uh, by letting you keep more of your hard-earned money, that's right. then mm-hmm. that's a good thing. But, you know, <clears throat> setting the stage, setting the standard of what marriage is, for, once again, from a government's perspective, the church has its own role. But what the government promotes or allows as, as proper behavior is very important. Yeah. Because guess what? We all look to the government for certain standards on what's good and what's right, mm-hmm. such as what the speed limit is on the road you're driving yeah, on. Yeah. So, you know, w- the, the government does have a role in in promoting that which is good. Yeah. And right now they're not doing that due to the Supreme Court's ruling in 2015. Yeah. And so um, that's not the end all be all. The church can still promote biblical marriage mm-hmm. and win that argument. Uh, and win hearts and minds across the country, but you still have to deal with the reality that the government is currently endorsing that which is not good. Which mm. controls, to your point, is an excellent one, which controls perception. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you think about it, and this is probably like an elementary example, but you can remember um, decades ago to see a father riding around in a car with his kid on his lap in the front seat, right. you know, you were just like, oh, look at that yeah. great dad, you know. But now government starts saying, hey, it's illegal to drive around with a kid and not have him in a car seat. We associate that with, like, you don't love your kid. (laughs) So same dad, same kid, same scenario. Fast forward where we have laws in place. We now look at that differently and we say, how hateful are you? You don't love your kid. We don't care about a good time. We don't care that the kids (laughs) haven't, you know what I mean? And so it's important that not only are we engaged and we know what's happening with our government, Mm -hmm. but that the church holds the line. So that's the other aspect of this. When you turn to the church, no matter what direction the government goes in, and we want to be salt and light, the church has got to stand on the foundational word of God. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and that's really something that is, at least on marriage, is a relatively uh, new concept, and that is the church having to be more proactive and be on offense when it comes to uh, telling the culture uh, and really the, the, the world what is marriage. Yeah. What is yeah. the definition of marriage? 
So that's something the church is going to have to work on mm-hmm. and improve on because once again we've we've gone so long to where uh, we we went for so long where the government had had pr- had it pretty much right mm-hmm. when they they said that marriage is between one man and one woman, mm-hmm. um, but now that's changed. Yeah. So we, the church has to be even more involved and more proactive when it comes to pushing. Uh, the biblical view of marriage. Of course, I want to get to some of the logistics, how our listeners can find out more. I know they, they can go to uh, afa.net um, slash events, mm-hmm. afa.net slash events. But here's my question to you, and I'll, I'll be asking you guys this again because I, I know I'm going to be talking with Rob and, and probably Abe and yourself again because this is a big deal. We are really trying to shift our culture. And I think that the Lord has uh, sustained and raised up our organization to be around at this time. I take that very seriously. There are mm-hmm. people who would like for us to just go away. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and I don't mean secularists. Mm-hmm. I mean that there are nominal Christians who think right. that we cause more problems. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm yeah. saying? Mm-hmm. Now, I'd like to debate them. <laughs> sure. Okay. But, but here is my question to you, Walker. How do you measure the success of these events? As you look ahead to eight of these coming up, um, the investment of the time and the resources and going to where our supporters are, how will you walk away knowing that this has been a worthy investment? Well, the, the way I look at it is, are we equipping, are we fulfilling our mission statement, yeah. AFA's mission statement, to, uh, to encourage and equip the church yeah. to fill out, uh, fulfill the Great Commission? So if we, leave, uh, if we leave our supporters in each of these locations, if we leave them with the proper tools, and the proper information in order to fight the spiritual battle that we're in, mm-hmm. then to me that's a success. Yeah. And and this is not just really a one-time thing. This is what we do every day on yeah. AFR. That's right. And so we have to continually be, we have to continually equip our listeners with everything they need, all the tools they need in order to fight the battle. Because, you know, one thing that's easy to forget in our position is that we do this for a living. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, right. we, we earn a living fighting the culture war. Yeah, which we're is immersed pretty in fun. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but a, 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 the vast majority of our peop- our listeners out there, they have full-time jobs, they got families, they got all kinds of responsibilities, uh, which is all well and good. So they need us here to give them the proper tools and information necessary in order to win the spiritual battle. That's very good, Amen. very good. You can go to afa.net slash events, afa.net slash events one last question walker wallman are you guys taking requests are you coming to a town that someone is requesting or is it something you just kind of prayerfully line up well this specific campaign we've already got it lined out but okay. if you would like us to come you can always contact us all right thank you so much walker wallman everybody aaron the addison's american family radio we'll be right back Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We certainly do appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Toby Mac. I just need you. Sherry B is over in Studio CC. We'll open the phone lines up in just a little bit. Make sure you stick around for that. Um, we are really sort of like a broken record in talking about, <laughs> you know, protect your kids, keep your kids safe, understand what's at stake, know that the enemy doesn't yeah. take any prisoners. He's out for the destruction of you, your family. I mean, you know, it's it's... 
this is what it is, right? Yeah, we say this all the time. That's where we live. That's what we are. And then we have to go back and we say, okay, you know, maybe, you know, it's just too much hyperbole. Uh-oh. Maybe we just taught, you know. We over overdid it. Yeah, you know. And yeah. then and then you go after Disney mm. and then people are like, why can't you just let Disney be great? Right. They're like, why are you standing in the way of greatness? <laughs> They're like, Disney has always been great to my family. Disney yeah. has always been a, a place for us to be able to take our kids and enjoy life. And, yeah. and as, as yeah. someone said on social media this past week, um, speaking of the American Family Association saying that we are just a cat uh, chasing after a laser pointer. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so I found that when you have an immediate thought, if you pause, mm-hmm. then you can get to the better thought. Mm. Right. You know what I mean? And you always want to do that. You always want to get to the better thought. That's where you're trying to go. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, when we stand on the front lines and we push back against the culture, what we are trying to do is equip and prepare parents so that we what we say is, hey, this is what is being offered by the culture, but you don't have to accept it. That's right. You don't have to allow it to be served up. So this past Friday, maybe you knew about it. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you're reading online. Maybe you aren't. Maybe your kids are into Disney. Maybe they're not. However it goes, I just want to bring this to your attention because, again, when we say that Satan is after your kids, mm-hmm. that um, he's in cahoots with the culture and everything right. that is being offered is meant to destroy your children, your grandchildren, your nieces and your nephews. All of them. All okay? three of them. All three of those categories. Um, This is an example that confirms what we're saying. We're not crazy. You're not crazy. You see it. You've thought, you know, who devises a scheme or a plan that we should have drag queens come and read stories to primary kids, to preschool kids, to elementary age school kids. So it, it comes from the mind of the evil one. That's right. Right. It is a wickedly devised scheme. Yeah. But it has a grand purpose. And people can't forget that, nor can they be, or should they be, ignorant of mm-hmm. that. So I want you to listen to this clip here, about a minute and some change here. This is the trailer for a new Disney cartoon that premiered this weekend on the Disney Channel. The name of the program is The Owl House. The Owl House, okay? And, well, just listen to this, and then we'll have a conversation around it. Hi there, I'm Luce Noceda. So this one day, I found a portal and ended up someplace I could have never imagined. Okay, well, I totally have imagined it. But this is even better. This is the Boiling Isles, and it's amazing. The kind of place you just want to wake up every day and say, Good morning, terrifying fantasy world. Good morning. Such friendly neighbors. And this is the Owl House, the best place on the Isles. Hoot hoot. That's Hootie. Hoot hoot. He's always hanging around. Jeez! The Owl House is where I live with... The King of Demons! Look at that cutie pie! I am not your cutie pie! Yes, you are! I know. And Ida the Owl Lady. The most powerful witch on the Boiling Isles! Wait, I better let her say it. The most powerful witch on the Boiling Isles! She's fierce! She's fearless! Oh no, please stop. And someday, I'm going to be just like her. Want to see more of the Isles? Just a short staff ride away is the town of Bonesboro. Is there anything better than people watching in the demon realm? The marketplace has the best stuff in town. What has four hooves and wants to buy a potion? My eyes are down here. There's the library. And Hexide, the most amazing magic school ever. Ta-da! Look, I even got an A+. So that's the Isles. I know sometimes it can seem a little different. And very stinky. 
and gross. But if you look at it from a different perspective, it looks just like home. The Owl House premieres Friday, January 10th on Disney Channel. So, you know, hmm. when when Christians mm-hmm. say, hey, we have an issue with like, you know, Harry Potter and, and sorcery and all these things being introduced to kids at younger and younger ages. And I know I'm dating myself by referring to Harry Potter, but they won't go. Right. They, I mean, they're <laughs> still here to stay. So I can refer to them as current events. Um, but when we look at these things and we have conversations around this, immediately mm-hmm. there are going to be parents who are going to say, well, you know what? You have Christian liberty. You can do whatever you yeah, want. Right. And be that as it may, I still want to inform parents who still care and right. take seriously their role to protect their children. Right. Now, you may have missed some things in that clip and you can't see it. So you're just you're relying on your ears alone. Don't worry. When you go to AFR.net and you get the podcast for Aaron the Addison's, we have links to the stories that we discuss. Mm. We also have links to the video clips that we play for you. That's right. Because we want you to see this. So some of the things you may have missed, some of the things you may have missed, and then we're going to turn to a Newsweek story to oh. give you even greater insight. Oh, my goodness. Okay? Newsweek's cover of this story, of this series that's come to Disney Channel, which, by the way, and I'm going to jump ahead here just so that you know, before even the first episode aired, they already contracted to do a second year of it. <laughs> so it doesn't oh, they, even need to be successful. They're invested in this, man. We're in. They're, they're in. They're all in. Okay. So here we go. The Owl House is the new Disney series. The Owl House, the new Disney series. Quoting from that trailer that you just heard, the Owl House is where I live with the king of demons. Ida, the Owl Lady, is the most powerful witch on the Boiling Isles. She's fierce, she's fearless, and someday I'm going to be just like her. Another quote from that trailer that you heard. Is there anything better than people watching in the demon realm? Is there Mm. anything better than people watching in the demon realm? And you heard her write, the character there, Luz, she attends Hex High. She attends Hex High. Now look, let me tell you something. Before I get into this Newsweek article, there are people listening right now. Let me tell you some of the things you're going to say. You're going to say, if you don't like it, then don't let your kids watch it. Yeah, just turn the channel. Just turn the channel. You don't have to watch it. That's fine. I feel the same way about you listening to this program. (laughs) If you don't want to hear what I have to say about this, you can turn the channel. You don't have to listen. But again, for every parent who thinks that you can trust Disney, I think you need to know what's up. Mm -hmm. I think you need to know what's going on. There are other people who are going to listen to this conversation. And just like when we take a peek inside the sex ed curriculum, they're going to say, oh, come on. You are. No, there's no way. (laughs) But you need to hear this information as reported by Newsweek. Yeah. And again, you know, I don't I don't normally like to read a lot of an article, but there's something there's a lot of detail in there that's important. You have to hear this. You have to hear this. So listen to this Newsweek article just a couple days came out a couple days before the first airing of this. And it's an it's an animated cartoon series. Okay, here we go. The headline of the Newsweek article is the Owl House Creators talk bringing creepy back to Disney with a dash of Bosch. From Pinocchio's nightmarish equine transformations on Pleasure Island to the clown with the tearaway face from the nightmare before Christmas, Disney animation has never been afraid to express a spooky side. The latest Disney Channel original series, The Owl House, continues that trend for a modern audience with a demonic twist. (laughs) Creator Dana Terrace worked on Gravity Falls and the new DuckTales reboot before trying to devise her own series. Quote, I was at an old job where I wasn't feeling quite fulfilled artistically or emotionally, and I wanted to create my own thing. That's what she said to Newsweek. 
Spending eight years growing up in Catholic school, Terrace developed an affinity for classic religious painters like John Bauer and Hieronymus Bosch, Mm -hmm. which I went and looked that painter up Mm -hmm. because I wanted to get an idea of this woman's influences. And some of those paintings are so incredibly demonic. People being eaten by animals that are a mixture of animals and humans. He's a 16th century painter, mm-hmm. this Hieronymus Bosch. That's her influence. That's her influence. That's her inspiration. Mm-hmm. There is, and if, again, if you've got kids present, you want to you, you occupy them elsewhere. But this Hieronymus Bosch, because I'm, I'm looking, I'm like, let me see some of his artwork. What has he done? 16th century painter. He's got people being eaten by creatures who then have other creatures flying out of their mm. anatomy. Mm. In the 1500s, yeah. okay? So this is this woman's inspiration for this demonically inspired program that she has put together for Disney. Look at what she says, quote, I was exercising some demons by working from them. Wow. I was exercising wow. some demons by working from them. So using these demons as a starting point, I'm kind of getting rid of some. I'm, I'm, this, is, this is cathartic for me. And this is a Disney... Producer, writer. She is the artistic talent behind the, the, she is the mind behind this program. Right. Okay? I just want people to understand because what happens is then it comes through your TV screen and it's directed at your kids. That's right. But you've got demonic people sitting around in writer's rooms mm-hmm. and I'm not making it up. Mm-hmm. Let me keep reading. because ahead, pe- Okay, read. so, so here we go. Mm-hmm. Terrace handed off these influences to artist Ricky Cometa who had previously worked as the art director on Cartoon Network's Steven Universe. Quote, when Dana first approached me, she said that we're trying to make this demon realm a part of Disney, which is, some, which is something I didn't think would happen, Cometa said. We really wanted to make this demon realm feel like home and just had to figure out how to do it. We wanted to make the demon realm feel like home and we just had to figure out how to do it. The character designers were given the green light to create what they felt with would work. Quote, it's a demon world, so we can do whatever we want, end quote. Wow. Wow. N- now, let me say something else that uh, writers and producers know, but we who are just consumers, we don't know. Whenever you want a particular audience, Mm -hmm. you skew your characters, when you're talking about children, you skew your characters just a little bit older so that you have the interest of that particular younger audience. Because they're not going to, because your kids start saying things like, well, that's a baby show. Mm -hmm. We're not going to watch a baby Mm -hmm. show. Mm -hmm. So if you want like your eight, nine, and 10-year-olds, then you have to have middle high schoolers. Do you understand what I'm saying? So that that then is the appeal. Mm -hmm. And this character, Luz, the human who is in the demon world. And let me say something else. I don't know if you caught it in the trailer, but she's in a demon world where she knows that the demons don't like her. (laughs) So she's got to conceal her identity as a human. And I'm going to add this as an image bearer (laughs) so that she can navigate the demon world. Man. Wow. Now, you, you're like, Miki, come on, Miki. But, but let me just say this, though. If really, if, if I'm taking it too far, why then 
are they sitting around in writer's rooms? In fact, let me, let me read this to you. The writer's room for the show is full of books on witchcraft, mm-hmm. witches, and spells to take inspiration from. Another huge influence on the show was Pokemon, Pokemon mm. Nintendo's monster hunting franchise. The Owl House stars Luz, a bright-eyed teenage human girl who wanders into a portal that leads her to the Boiling Isles. In a world full of ghouls, monsters, and demons, Luz finds comfort and aid with Ida, the Owl Lady, a powerful sorceress who has her own fascination with human trinkets and doodads. Now listen. Um, here is the question. One other passage, <laughs> one other <laughs> quote here from uh, this Newsweek article, and then the question, okay? Getting back to the producer yeah. of this program, Dana Terrace, the creator of this program. Getting Disney on board with this unique vision wasn't as difficult as Terrace predicted, but there was still some pushback. Here's her quote. I just do what I want, and I let Disney tell me if I'm going too far. I'm always trying to push them to go a little bit darker and weirder because I find that stuff fun. Mm-hmm. Man. She goes on to say, there is sometimes a concern with family networks for what is considered family friendly because Disney is such a big company that in certain corners, in certain corners, they say that maybe people or maybe they don't want to take those risks. In other words, the families who think that dark mm-hmm. witchcraft, demonic displays are too much, those are the families that would be in the corners yeah. of the Disney right. franchise, the Disney movies, like the Disney creations. Like, you guys, it's family, but it's not only, those families are in the corner. Mm. You understand? Mm-hmm. Which is exactly what they tell you, by the way, families, in July, when you want to come to our theme parks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. you you're you're a type of family, but you're relegated to the corner of this theme park <laughs> during this month on this particular day. Man. So now here is the question. Wow. The question is this. Why is Satan frequently and consistently attacking our children? That's what every parent has to ask himself herself. Why is Satan frequently and consistently attacking our children? I might even go a step further, Will. Mm-hmm. And say, and why are parents so oblivious to it? Why is it that we just are like, eh? And I think that's connected of why it's happening because, like we were saying, parents have been oblivious to it Mm -hmm. and maybe even uh, have an apathetic approach towards, you know, what the children are watching. Yeah. And and not really caring about, you know, like what's being opened what's up being to open them. up. Yeah. Because these people are sitting in these rooms planning things. Oh. They're they're being strategic about how they're gonna roll out these cartoons and yes. these different things. They have strategy meetings, they're trying to they have these, you know, spell books and Come all this on, kind of man. stuff. You know, while as a Christian, you know, we can be so nonchalant about, oh, well, is this a cartoon? Just let them watch it. And we just turn it on and walk away. Yeah. And because Disney, look, this is, look, the Addisons, what we say, all right, these, the Addisons sentiment, we can't trust Disney. No. (laughs) They have violated our trust personally, repeatedly. And so we cannot trust Disney. Mm -hmm. This right here is another example 
of why we personally right. refuse to trust Disney right. with our children. Now, we got to grab the break. When we come back, of course, we'll open the phone lines. But I want to continue with the question. Why is Satan frequently and consistently attacking our children? I want to drill down there. This is Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We'll be right back. The character designers were given the green light to create what they felt would work. It's a demon world, so we can do whatever we want. The lore of the show is 70% made up by the writers and artists, with names of demons and witches thrown in to add depth. The writer's room for the show is full of books on witchcraft, witches, and spells to take inspiration from. Mm -hmm. That's the Owl House, a new creation from Disney. Wow. Disney used to be synonymous with children and family and friendly right. um, to a certain extent. You know, right. you always I mean, you know, you don't just turn your kids over uh, to anybody. I don't care who their names are. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And that's Darius Polk with strong name. I'm going to open the phone lines up. You want to comment on anything we're talking about so far? 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Now, one of the things I want to do as your calls get queued up is I want to return to this question. Mm -hmm. The question is, why does Satan frequently and consistently attack our children? And I want to I want to submit to you a few reasons that I think. Right. One, I think that parental guard is down. Yeah, I think that I parental protection is at an all time low. This generation of parents is some of the most aloof parents that you will ever find. Our kids are on autopilot. They're not accountable. They don't show any respect. They are not disciplined. They know not how to define obedience. They do what they want. They watch what they want whenever they want. And parents call that independence. Mm. We've got some of the most immature, mature kids that our culture has ever known. They are turned loose, and the parents think they're doing them a good thing. So the guardian, that the role that the parent is supposed to play as the guardian mm. has been abdicated. So the parent is not there. So parental guard is down yeah so parents also have a disdain and a disregard for their children Eh, you know i didn't i mean i didn't really you know i mean i just i mean if we could just get to the 18 mark mm. you understand so your kids are like this and, and and will and i were talking about this before the show so your kids are like this satan is looking at your plate and you've got your kids and you've pushed your kids to the outer edges of your plate all right and satan is looking over and he's going you gonna eat that <laughs> you're not gonna eat that's a perfectly good kid you're not gonna do anything with that like <laughs> can i have it mm. except it doesn't happen like that except the way that it happens is that it comes through disney it comes through internet mm. it comes through having a computer in the palms of our kids hands with unfettered access to the internet it comes through apps yeah. it comes through their friends yeah who we don't ex inspect we don't examine we don't care i want to say this and then we can go to the phone lines. And, and I just, you know, um, 
not to sound preachy and all of that, but I want to say this. Okay, thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you, man of God. Um, Satan hates you, and he hates your children. And the Bible has told us that repeatedly. And you are raising your kids in a culture that is saturated with unambiguous hatred for Christians. It's not vague. It's not covert. That time is gone. Remember, not in Mm. Mayberry shall we be again. Right. So the underbelly of American culture is now the upper belly. I don't know if that's a thing. (laughs) It's probably not. Sounds gross. You understand? I mean, I'm just saying. (laughs) The deep seedy secret places Mm -hmm. are now open and on public display. Nobody fears God. There's no fear of God in their eyes anymore. Mm. So they do whatever they want. But I want to remind you of this. I want to remind you of this. We are fascinated by the story of Job and his suffering and how the Lord allows this because of what he thinks and what he knows to be true of Job's character. But there was something that people often overlook in this, the beginning of this story where Job begins his suffering, right? In Job chapter 1, and, and I want you to get a picture, I want you to understand that your kids, that you yourself, you live in the midst of an environment where what is depicted in scripture here happens day in and day out. And Peter confirmed it, and we'll go there too. Peter confirmed it. Job chapter 1, verse 9. Listen to this. Job chapter 1, verse 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. The Lord said to Satan, From where have you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns from evil. Do you notice that God does not question what Satan was doing? God's immediate response indicates that it is obvious what Satan is doing. Peter tells us what Satan is doing, prowling around like a roaring (laughs) lion, seeking those whom he may devour. So when Satan appears before God and he is questioned about his whereabouts and he's questioned about what he is doing, the answer doesn't have to be given because it is already understood. Hmm. What is he doing? The Lord said to Satan, from where have you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? In other words, knowing what it is that you're doing, have you considered Job? Mm -hmm. So why do I say this to parents? Because you need to know that your kids are in Satan's crosshairs. If you're a grandparent, Satan wants your grandchildren. We have got to hold the line. And let me say this one last thing, and we'll go to the phone lines. Please understand this. Satan understands how the gospel proliferates. He understands that it changes hands, that it passes down through families first. Mm. So if you're not going to do anything with those kids that you have on your plate, can I have them? Hmm. 
888-589-8840. Will the Great, where do we go first? Let's go to uh, Lynn in Arkansas. Hi, Lynn. Hi. Yeah, I was just going to say that um, years ago, I guess it was in the 90s, it, it was on a cassette, so that was a while ago. <laughs> but um, did, they had, um, Point of View had a whole show about uh, Disney and how things happened at their theme parks that went unreported. And then there was also a man um, in, in some of the hierarchy who had been involved with some um, issues against children. Mm. So I'm not going to say his name because mm-hmm. I can't remember the exact yeah. uh, what he did. But anyway, that, um, that had happened before, so... You know, I was, thank you. Thank you, Lynn. I appreciate your call. Let me, let me just add on to what Lynn is saying. You know, I'm aware of reading some of the, um, the credits in some of the Disney movies Mm -hmm. and the dedications in Mm -hmm. some of the Disney movies. And a lot of these people that have worked on these movies that we have been so endeared to Mm -hmm. years and years ago, Mm -hmm. um, in the eighties and the nineties, uh, they were dying because of HIV and AIDS. Mm. I just so these are the people who are controlling the stories that our kids consume that we consumed. Come yeah, on. That's, yeah. You know? Yeah. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. 888-589-8840. Go to Lori in Oklahoma. Hi, Lori. Hi. Well, let me first say that I am a mother and I am also a grandmother. I have quite a few grandkids and um I support exactly what you're saying. We have allowed ourselves to be lulled asleep and made to think that what is actually toxic poison when it's candy coated with glitter and fairy dust and all the little feel good things that mm-hmm. it's okay to introduce this to our children. Mm-hmm. And the sad, sad truth is you see more opposition from your brothers and sisters in Christ. Come on. When you take a stand not to participate in it, then you do say from someone that knows you're a believer and, and they may you know, just generally ask you a question, Oh, you don't watch that? No, I don't because of my faith. Don't let it go. Uh-huh. Whereas you you have this engagement with another brother or sister and they get offended and then they like may come at you with an inappropriate, you know, you're legalistic yep. or mm. there's liberty or something. Look, I'm here to tell <laughs> you on. that that stuff is poison. I have seen little girls watch these Disney princess shows and then turn around and try to imitate casting a spell. Mm. And you can go, now I'm old, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm 57, but I can remember when Disney would pull out scripture, mm. and we mm. would see it, and it was safe. Mm. We're not there anymore. No. Your little Disney princesses, they go out of their way to over-sexualize the shapes of their body, mm-hmm. the way they walk, you're right. the way they move, the way they bat their eyes. That's yeah, right. right. No, Lori, you're hitting on all cylinders. Man, you are absolutely on it. Look, Lori's preaching, <laughs> and right. it's a good thing. And let me just say this. We're going to move very quickly. The point that Lori is making about the type of, and I, I want to be careful with the use of the word persecution, but the pushback that you get from Christians mm-hmm. is real, mm-hmm. is real. Yeah. Because what it is, is it's wickedness, and it's the consumption of things that are reprehensible to mm. God masquerading itself as liberty. Yeah. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. All right, let's go to Lisa in Texas. Hi, Lisa. Good afternoon, guys. I just had a quick comment about the Owl House. When I heard you mention the lead character's first name was Luz, which is Spanish for light, and it's the Latin root word that Lucifer comes from. Mm. Mm. Wow. And I just can't think that's 
accidental, you know? <laughs> no, you know, and I, I will wow. say thank you so much for that, Lisa. That is, that's really interesting. This character is named after the creator's roommate, mm. a girl who um, she felt like inspired her. But that's interesting, the meaning the behind meaning that. Yeah. I don't think that's accidental at all. Right. All right, where do we go next? Go to David in Virginia. Hi, David. Hello there. How are you? Doing good. good to, I, like, I like listening to your show. Thank, thank you. you. All right, so I wanted to thank you. I wanted to st- uh, start by uh, quoting uh, Psalm 127, verse 1. It's got two parts to it. The first part says, except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain to build it. The second part says, except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. Mm-hmm. And that, that verse right there tells us that there is a correlation between the house and the city. And we have taken to outsource our children from the time that they're eight weeks old now. Mm-hmm. We give them over to professionals. And as a result, we, their hearts and minds are not uh, with their parents and with the God of their parents, but instead with the world and the God of the world, mm. because we give them over. And then uh, today we have the highest crime rates, the highest divorce rates, the highest immorality, the highest uh, cohabitation, everything being done by the youngest of the, of the population for the most part. And, uh, and everything is as a result of giving the heritage of the Lord away to the world. Mm. Uh, we, need to, we need to come back. God says in the last two verses of the Old Testament, says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. We are experiencing that curse, and it's the consequences of giving our children over to the world. So let's call the heart of the fathers back mm. to their children, and, and pastors need to do this. They need to do this. God bless you, David. Thank you, God David. bless you. We agree wow. with you. That, no, that, that's right on. Good. That's it. Amen. Where do we go next, Will the Great? Excellent. Let's go to uh, William in Texas. Hi, William. Hello, guys. Nice talking to you again. I want to connect some dots real quick for you. You notice how state after state is now adopting the use of uh, uh, marijuana. Mm-hmm. It's a it's an hallucinogenic. And uh, in the Bible, in the end time scenarios, it says that they would not repent of their pharmakia. Mm-hmm. That's the word we get pharmaceutical That's from. Right. And in the ancient times, the use of, of uh, drugs wasn't to get high. It was to get to another dimension. You could say mm-hmm. opening a portal uh, to wow. make contact with the other side. And then uh, you put all of that together with all that they are uh, putting on the children, and mm-hmm. you can see that they are actually raising up a satanic army uh, for this end-time scenario that the Bible uh, clearly you know, shows in the book of Revelation after, after the tribulation begins. And these people do not turn to God. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that they refuse to repent. Yes of their pharmacia, which means that they are completely sold over to uh, witchcraft. William, thank you so much. I really appreciate your yeah, insight. I appreciate your commentary there. Let's try to squeeze in one more call, Will the Great. All right, let's go to Michael in West Virginia. Hi, Michael. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Um, two things you need to, to uh, grab onto, one from uh, the Owl House and one from Harry Potter. Um, I saw an episode of The Owl House. Uh, Luz found these other characters that were in prison cells, hmm. 
And the big takeaway from that was, why should it not be safe to be a weirdo? Yeah. Mm. No, you're absolutely mm. right. Michael, we're going to have to leave it there. I know you wanted to make two points, but I'm afraid that we're going to get cut off here. Yeah. I'm glad that he made that point. That is that is another one of the themes, if you will, in the Owl, owl House, right? Okay. That you are weird, that you're different, that yeah. there is a realm that you can belong in that is also kind of made up of weird people and different people. Mm-hmm. That's why you hear these stars accepting awards and, t- and telling kids, <laughs> stay weird. Yeah. Stay different. Yeah. Stay other. Guys, we're in a battle. It belongs to the Lord, but we have to show up. Amen. Amen. All right. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.